The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I got my guest, Man, it's good to have this guy on the show every week, you know, just the... Um, you know, well, I gotta have him on since Seattle won the Super Bowl, so we gotta have him on there. But uh, following with the uh, NFL, Nesby Glasgow, you know, Ness. I'm right here. How you been, Ness? I've been doing good, man. No complaint. Well, it's good to have you. Know, first, I want to start off. I'm gonna put you out there. How was your golf game? Over? I know you had a couple of tournaments. You been? How was your golf game? Uh, golf, golf game's pretty good right now. Golf game, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. Happy with my golf game. I've gotten more and more consistent with it because, you know, I'm not trying to knock the white off the ball on every swing. So it's more of a good kind of simple swing. And I seem to be scoring better, so I just have to lock into that and be happy. Maybe you give me a lesson because every time I'm out there, I'm trying to knock the white off the ball and I end up hitting dirt. And that's the problem. See, that's, 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 my, that's my point. You know, you want to hit the ball solid. You want to hit it consistently. The same way, consistent. You know, it's funny. I, I just was at a tournament, a celebrity golf thing this week, and uh, a bunch of guys from the Bears and uh, and uh, um, Bulls was there. But uh, it was funny that they were talking about. It. They said that's the only game where you know the ball's not moving and it's hard. You believe that? I mean, like looking football, ball's moving. Looking basketball, isn't that weird? And that oh oh golf? oh yeah. But but a lot of it has to do with ego when it comes to men. That's why I think women. Are more consistent golfers than men. They don't. They don't have the big blow-up scores like uh, the men have. You know, you look at the professional women. They they are so consistent. You know, they're they're like uh, a machine. They just uh, you know they they do the same thing every time. You know, whereas you know Tiger and the rest of the guys. You know, all of a sudden they'll just go crazy. Uh, that's weird. You know. Well, then let's get started. We're going to have a guest to come in with us, a young lady I met to go to. She got some key things that I like for you, you know, and you want her to talk about some good things, you know. I thought you would be great for that, you know. Uh, I should have to do with someone, but let's start off uh, what we go with the subject here. You know, you know Ness, you know, um, a lot of guys this weekend was talking about it. It's, it's kind of funny how everywhere, uh, or NBA or any celebrity go, and it's tough to even be in these spots because people pick fights with you or they'll say something, and, you know, uh, it's something that always jump off. You know, you see the young man for uh, Tennessee Titans just got into it. I guess a guy threw a um, tucker punch him and all that. To, 
So my question to you, Nevi, is is it safe for players to even go out and have a good time, or should they be contained and balled up in their um, homes that can't go out? What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's always been uh, uh, questionable, I mean, in terms of one's uh, safety and, and ability to go out and not, you know, be bothered, not be threatened. Uh, you know, because of, of the money that's involved and notoriety and, you know, high profile, everybody can see and and everybody knows who they are. So, uh, you know, it, it can become a little uh, overwhelming. It can be actually self, I mean, self and it can be dangerous. Uh, it's one of those things for me where... I think you're always better off just, you know, hanging out in your tight circle, you know, and, you know, going going to those places where uh, the security is more than adequate. They know who you are. They usually have a VIP section, and, and they'll, you know, for those that, you know, want to give in that area, you know, they give over there because you and others like yourself, you know, allow them over, and if anything happens, it's not you getting involved. They, they have people that... Keep an eye, and you know, and, and, and they take care of it. And and all you do is give them a nice tip, and you know, so every time you come out, they're gonna do it even better. Well, tell me if I'm wrong for this, Nancy. I know when Plasco Burris, you know, went to the club, my club, and I had the gun and shot himself. And I was saying, man, if I had to go to that club and bring a gun, I wouldn't go. But you see all the incidents coming up. You know, you see why he had probably had it on it. Do you agree with that? Uh, you know, I, I think you know. See, I'm 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 one of those guys that you know I don't believe in this, you know in order to stop a bad guy with a gun. You know, you need to be a good guy with a gun. You know, if we get rid of guns, slow down. You know how easy it is to get guns. Uh, we look at all the other, you know, nations around us. Uh, you know, we by far have more issues with, you know, individuals, you know, shooting one another. You know, and a lot of times it's, it's by mistake. So, uh, yeah, you know, walking around with a gun to me is not the answer. It, it's not going to solve anything. All it's going to do is, you know, cause more damage and you know, get someone else uh, killed. So, uh, I mean, that's that's just my my take, my belief, and you know, everybody has their own belief. You know, that's why right, you know, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's my take on that. Oh, I, I think that you know, guys today are such more high profile. When you think about it, you know, we couldn't even take our helmets off yeah, at one point. Right. You no, know, you know, guys are always taking their helmets off. You know, they. Uh, they're commercialized now, you know. Uh, they're more like basketball players. They're more like baseball players uh, because they they are seen all the time, you know, out of the uniform, you know, out and about. Uh, but it also makes it, it exposes them to you know a lot of situations that, uh, unfortunately, you know, if they're not careful, they're going to find themselves. Yeah, yeah, you're right, though. I, I mean, I'm not saying the gun thing, but I'm just saying you hear more and more press say, well, I got me a gun because I'm out, and, you know, 
they do want to go out. You know, you can't keep a man. You know, yeah. and it's like yeah, they want to go out. Right, but and but it's like man, what is thing? Yeah, this is the stuff that's happened. You know, back in the day. You know, you'd be out and about. You know, you and some of the fellas. You know, and you know, ladies in the clubs. You know, they 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 know you know who we are. So all of a sudden they come to us and then their boyfriend get mad. So you know that's that's just like whoa, hold up, dude. You know, put your girl in check. Don't. Yeah, she stepped to me. I didn't step to her. But that situation still, at 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 time, you know, has almost you know, caused a serious slowdown. Yeah, you right about that, and I've seen that happen. I know you something. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, no question. <clears throat> well, let's get a little more deeper. I know I speak to uh, got a lot of emails and um, people asking. You know, um, listeners saying, you know, can you? Talk about this and that, and this was good, you know, because I got this young lady coming on, too, and I got you, because you was the yeah. perfect person talking to. You was the main guy in the locker room that they looked up to, and you kind of was the captain like Reggie White was the captain in ours, you know. I look at you as that. Um, mm-hmm. We see all these players getting in trouble. We're going to talk about the good things, too, but we see them, you know, doing this in the club and the drinking and the receiver for Cleveland getting there. Do you think, Nevi, is it a behavior that's something wrong with these guys? I mean, you know, going through the NFL, it's tough mentally. People understand that. You know, we're talking about why we play, and then we're talking about after football, Nevi. But do you think the behavior is because, okay, we feel they got a lot of money, they can do this, or there's something wrong because if you can't stop smoking weed to make millions of dollars and can't get somebody to drive you to get a DUI, is that a behavior or that just, I don't care, Nevi? What do you think? You know, what I've always said is that, you know, if you are taught smoking weed in the National Football League, you're taught because you have a problem. Because uh, it's not like they do random tests. At least they didn't when I played. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the season, they test you. If you were 30, guess what? And, and I think all they were saying was that if you can't stop smoking marijuana for six weeks, because you need, you know, six weeks for it to be entirely out of your body, I mean, so you can't be around secondhand smoke or nothing. You, so, so for six weeks, if you can't stay away with the kind of money we're paying you, then you got an issue. And then you go into the program, and then you got to, you know, pee in the bottle all the time, you know, and, and you can be taking a vacation. And they'll have you stop at the airport and piss. I mean, so, I mean, you, 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 you lose your privacy once you go into the National Football League. Uh, substance abuse uh, program because they will fly to Acapulco, they'll fly to Russia just to, to make sure you're clean. And guys don't get that. And so if you can't, and once again, if you can't stop smoking for six weeks, the kind of money you're making, you got to itch. And, and you're fooling yourself if you think you don't. Well, I'm so glad you said that because a lot of people are like, no, no, there's, no, there's something wrong with you. I mean, I mean, no. Go ahead, Nancy. No, 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 you're right. There's, there's something wrong with you. You know, let's not talk about where so-and-so told me I could smoke and I can take this and get a hide and all that. It ain't true. So I've been proven, you know. It, 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 it's been proven. It takes six weeks to get entirely out of your system. Uh, uh, all that other stuff about these other box projects that will hide it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you think? The receiver from Cleveland has an issue. I mean, 
if you look and know you're already on the microscope of the marijuana, then you go out and get a DUI. Of should course. it be out of the league for a while, Desby, or, you know, get help? Well, I mean, that's, that's a situation where, you know, you, you have to look at the individual, have them get with professionals, and, and, and that's the call a professional counselor needs to make. You know, we can look and, and try to assess and, and just say all of a sudden, you know, oh, he didn't do this twice, let's get him out of the league, or, you know, give him suspended, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I, I think... That should occur once he speaks with a professional, and then hopefully that professional diagnoses the situation and it's just, you know, whether it be substance abuse, depression, you know, whatever it is, you know, and they'll give you a better handle, and then they can start trying to fix them on the inside. And so it's, it's not always good just to jettison uh, a guy and put him on the outside because... You know, his safe haven may be that thing. And so you use that as a way of saying, look, here's what we're going to do. Here's our expectations. Cross the line. And then you're done. So, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that something like that happens because, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's messed up twice. But you know what? Let's, let's see what's really going on with him. And, you know, have somebody that does this on a day-to-day basis to get paid to analyze and, and and find out what's really going on with individuals and, and have them write it up and turn it into, you know, general manager and the owner and head coach and, and they make an assessment and they make it. Well now this one we gotta do. We'll take a break. We'll come back, we'll see how our guests on too. So this is Jay Lovey and my guest, Nesby. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You are going global with gas. Man. Is that Matt the intern? That's here. Look, I made this show. Dude, you totally made it, man. You were doing the Big Brother tryout today. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Matt. All right, let's come on. Let's play drug code. Where'd you learn that, Cheech? Drug school. Uh, we're going to play some porno music or not, and this is the game that we play that you're going to hear some music, and it's either from a porn or it's not. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. Going global with gas. Man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This, this is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I'm back with the show, and I still have my guest from in it. NFL player Nesby. You feel that, Ness? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Well, that's Nesby. We ain't get to use you yet, Nellie. Okay. <laughs> well, Nesby, like I said, I always going to have a guest. I was fortunate enough to meet this young lady this weekend at Celebrity Golf Event, and uh, we got to talking, and she got to tell me about what she knew. And, man, it was interesting. I knew I was having you on this week. I was like, that would be perfect for, you know, you two, and we get questions out, and we can, I can hear from you what you think, and then she can, you know, can, during the break, I was already going at having a good conversation. I like that. But let me introduce my guest, Nelly. Um, Nelly Gray. Am I saying that Gray or Graves? Nelly. It's Graves. Okay, and um, nice to have you on, Nelly. Thank you for having me, James. It's a real pleasure. Well, go ahead and tell us about uh, what you do and um, all about yourself. Okay. Um, basically, uh, just like I told you at the event, I am a psychotherapist that focuses on working with athletes. So athletes that are having issues off the field, whether it's stress, anxiety, depression, anger management, it could be substance abuse. And what we do is we want to focus on those issues and try to work through those issues with the thinking that this will help you as, a, as an individual and then help you as an athlete. And I primarily try to work with athletes at all levels. Well, let's get started. I'm going to try this question. You can answer first. I'm going to do speaking. Then now I'll let you come in trying to, and then okay. go on from it. Nesby, like she said, on and off the field. And I wanted to get that in you, Nesby, because now I, I met Nesby and a wonderful guy. I mean, he inspired me until he started talking. Um, Nesby, athletes, after they're done, they have a problem. I don't know if you've seen it. You know, I've seen some guys. And it's alcohol. Um, maybe I know it's other stuff. But I'm saying the alcohol is because they're torn between either the career ended fast or financially. Um, do you see that, Nesby? And, and uh, tell me why you think that is, and then we'll let Nelly go. Well, I mean, you 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 have such a rush. Uh, you know, when you're on the football field, you know, even preparing, I mean, even kind of, you know, walking around in that bubble, in that athletic bubble. And so uh, you miss that. And, you know, uh, a lot of athletes, you know, they've always drank. They've always liked to drink. But they didn't drink as much as they drink now because they couldn't afford to drink as much now because it would have uh, inhibited their play. And, and so when you are depressed or, you know, you're feeling, you know, I guess you can say a little, I guess depressed and a little sorry for yourself is one of the things, then... You try to soothe that feeling, soothe that feeling by, you know, hey, 
relaxing and drinking more and more. And before you know it, you know, instead of having, you know, one or two glasses, you know, you drink until you get drunk. And sometimes you get wild and loud. And and we're talking about old guys. We're not talking about, you know, young kids, you know, fresh out of college. You're talking about well, old guys in their 30s, mid-30s, late-30s, early-40s, you know. Uh, uh, but it's so easy to lose sight of, of reality, James. I mean, National Football League, you know, you are treated as successful. I mean, you know, non-starters are treated as successful. So at the end of the day, you know, you really truly believe that you are this extra special individual and you should be accommodated and treated special your entire life. So it's almost like uh, your maturity is impeded uh, because when you play in the National Football League, you know, it's almost like, you know, you're not responsible for things. You know, you're still having everything given to you, everything done to you. And uh, so it, it, it in... Yeah, I just think that, you know, some of the guys, they, they never get out of that cycle of being accountable and responsible for themselves. Okay, now what do you think now? Well, I think that as it relates to drinking, what we have to keep in mind is that abusing a substance is a mental illness. And that can affect anyone, whether regardless of age, race, social economic status, it, it does not discriminate. So that's kind of the first thing that, aside from how much or how little money you have, if you have a, a disorder that is related to substance abuse, that's, that's a disease. And so we have to treat it as such. Now, there is a such thing as poor decision-making also, where people... Uh, abuse alcohol, they use too much, they like the feeling of it, they do that, and, and that's kind of the end of it. But when we're dealing with someone who cannot function without a substance, and in this case alcohol, we're at another category. And then, you know, you mentioned about depression. And, and depression is also a, a medical disorder. And, and, you know, I really work in the work that I do. I really strive to try to remove the stigma away from mental illness. You know, a lot of people think, you know, well, you're depressed, you know, get over it. You know, you're just down on yourself, you know, man up. But a depression is a true clinical disorder, which, which invokes feelings of sadness, loss, anger, frustration, and it's diagnosable by how long you have these feelings. And if you have these feelings for a long period of time, then there are some other, other things that probably needs to happen to assist you. Now, what happens is a lot of times athletes and individuals in, in general will abuse alcohol to deal with the depression or they have depression as a result of the alcohol use. So it's called a co-occurring uh, condition. So we really have to be careful how we how we label it, how we categorize it, because in the end, all of these things that folks are dealing with, there are there are modes to to help. Whether it's talk therapy, whether it's medication, dealing with your pastor, there are a lot of ways that you can deal with that. But when we're talking about athletes, and I think that was mentioned before, talking about that bubble. Well, I call it that kind of entitlement syndrome where, you know, from a very young age, 
athletes, some athletes have been catered to, and they haven't had to deal with real life. And then when that real life happens, whether it's an injury, whether it's you starred, you, you, start, uh, you started in, in college and now you made the big time and you don't start, so how, you, you don't know how to cope with that. There, there's a lot of things that are in play, and when those real-life things happen, some folks are just not equipped because they've never experienced these things before. And that's where a professional needs to be there, really before, during, and after an athlete's career to provide that support. What do you think, Ness? I don't know. I, I agree with it 100%. And one of the things I was getting at is that uh, it impedes, it, it, there, a, a lot of athletes aren't ready for life and ready for the real world because of growing up in that environment. If you're 11 and 12 on a basketball team today and you're traveling around the country and you're staying at all these park hotels. You know, Natalie said, you know, entitlement. I mean, you become accustomed to that and you expect that. You know, the fight lasts forever. And then when it stops, it's such a rude awakening. And even as a young athlete, you know, the more times than not, you've had someone take care of your problems. And so you're always expecting others to take care of your problems as opposed to yourself taking care of your problems. Well, let, me, let me say something, Natalie, then I want you to comment. Then, Natalie, I want you to jump on it and see if this is what... And like you said that, um, there's your key thing, like, you know, you work all hard and then you like, like me, I got hurt. I went into a quick mm-hmm. depression. Didn't know I was in it until, shoot, I knew I couldn't come out, you know? Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. mean, it was like, man, my career is so fast and I worked so hard. That does happen, right, Nessie? I mean, you see that. I mean, oh, like, yeah. even if a person got 14 years in the league, now they like sitting on the bench and they're getting to put like, wait a minute, I see this, I used to be starving, then now that. That depression has already set in. We just ain't recognizing. You agree with that? Of course. Now it's no. I, I agree one hundred percent with that. I do. I'm a person. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's really some of the work that I'm really trying to do is educate people within um, different sports organizations about these issues, whether it's depression, anxiety, stress, because a lot of times many people are experiencing major mood depression and don't even know what they're experiencing. They don't know what's going on with them. Their loved ones don't understand what's going on. The coach doesn't understand what's going on. And so they don't ask for help. They don't seek help because they don't know something is wrong. And so part of the thing that really that I really try to urge clinicians to do when working with the population of athletes and working within in, in sports is try to, one, educate what certain things are as it relates to depression, stress, substance abuse, and also remove the stigma away from getting help. What I really work for is that someone will treat getting depression the same way that they treat they, they, they treat an ankle or knee sprain. Both things have to be treated. One is physical, one is emotional. But we're not, we're not at that point in society where we're in sports particularly dealing with mental health issues, staying, uh, dealing with uh, mental wellness. We're not at the point where we're comfortable with that because generally with sports, 
it's not manly to ask for help. You know, you, you don't deal with feelings in that way. You're tough, you know, the macho thing. But, but what we have to understand is that there's a high percentage of people that suffer for day-to-day mental illness all the time, which includes substance abuse and depression. It's an actual common thing, and athletes are really no different. It, it makes no difference if they make uh, $40 million or they're playing on the playground. It, it can affect anyone. Come here. Well, but aren't we setting ourselves up for failure? Because look at now uh, the athlete, Nancy. Nesbitt and Nally. I mean, we started three, four-year-old kids who training them for sports. They're not setting them up for, like, what's going to happen afterwards. You know, you get hurt like that. we saying, hey, we're going to train you at starting three, get you ready, so you can be able, when you get to that age of 16, 17, you're going to be the, you know what I'm saying? So you already fell in with the kids. I mean, we all we care about in society, you look at, send them to 15 different camps, get these kids ready. You know what I'm saying? You're not educating them at all with all, all the other stuff. You guys agree? I, I do agree. There, there's something that I speak about when I speak at, at conferences. It's called sports goals. When when you are playing a sport, the goal is to achieve a win and to move forward. No one is focusing on how that affects a person, if they don't achieve those goals, if they don't make it to the level that they they think they should make it. And that's where, you know, sports in general, I I think some leagues are doing better than others, but as a whole, there's a a room for tons of improvement to really add a layer of support to these athletes. We have athletic trainers. We also need social workers involved with athletes and sports to really help with that mental health piece of it. Can I say something to you? Let's take a break. Hold on. Uh, I I, I think the issue is... flagship station for sports voice america sports tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network voice america variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events arts and entertainment leadership parenting relationships self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? 
get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk, back with the show. My guest, Nesby and Nally. You guys still there? Yes, still here. I'm here. Okay, Nancy, go yeah. ahead, Fish. I'm sorry about we got cut out. Well, yeah, I'd like to, to to piggyback a little bit on what Natalie Natalie was talking about when it when it comes to players, uh, and and you're talking about you know making this transition and and, and everything. I think the National Football League they they have pieces in place, but by the time the players get there, it, it's too late. I mean, they they've already formed this lifestyle in their mind. And somewhere along the line, we need to start, you know, teaching them when they are younger that, you know, all those attributes that they're displaying on the football field are transferable in life. Uh, you know, they set all kind of goals. We set all kind of goals when we, when we really reflect on our life and things we want to do and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But we have to get them to understand that, you know, don't just, use those skills for football. You know, you can use those skills in the classroom. Uh, you, you can become a competent. You can be more than just a, a, a dumb jock and then have everything just tied into football. Uh, the guys that transition the best have always been the guys that have thought about what they are doing next. It's always about what am I doing next. You know, this, this is my goal, this is my plan, and then... If it doesn't work out, here's my fallback plan. Uh, and it's not like I'm a failure if I don't make it. Well, you have one the other guys. If all they think about is football, basketball, you know, baseball, and you know they've got pushed through high school, pushed through middle school, you know, like, like some kids do, then they don't they don't have a fallback. And you know, it's 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 feast of famine. And then when they get to the National Football League, even though they have all of these things in place, these guys have said, I've made, I've attained my goal. You know, I've, I've reached this level that I wanted to reach. So, you know, you can't tell me nothing, you know, because I'm here. Uh, and, you know, it, it's sad, but, you know, year after year after year, you know, the same thing occurs. You know, a lot of players have major issues when they leave the game. Now yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. I think one of the key points that, that you were saying was was expectations. You know, these, mm-hmm. these, these, these young athletes, they start out very, very young, 
in, in their chosen sport and they move to the next level, to the next level. And is there anyone really preparing them for life after sport? Whether you make it or not, there has to be a life after sport. That's why we have retired athletes. So there will be a life after that. And I think we have to do a better job in one, setting realistic expectations. And then for those who are blessed enough to make it, what are the goals afterwards in providing that support? You know, one thing you said was once they get into the game, it's really just too late because uh, the lifestyle has been established. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to really hope that, especially for those who are already, not already, but those who have began to start having problems and we're seeing it, I would like to believe that some things could be put in place for a support system, you know, professionals who are available to them to kind of, help them get back on track. You know, I would love to see a little bit more in-depth rookie programs where we're not just talking about training camp and fitness, but we're also talking about mental health fitness and, and, and wellness as well. And we're just not there yet. But I, I just firmly believe that if these things are, are put out in the open, if we remove some of the stigma, if we educate more, it gives the opportunity for when someone makes a wrong turn to get back on track. I, I really think that's possible. It just doesn't have to be, well, you know, he, he had a DUI or he had an issue at the club, so that's the end of it. That's just how he is. I would like to believe that we all get second chances, and we put things in place to make those second chances work for us. I have two questions. I want to throw it to Nesby first, and then what Nesby done. Now, I want you to see what he says, and then, you know, comment up. Nesby, my first on you, like, you know, when, uh, well, kind of like you know it, but, you know, and, uh, you know, I didn't see depression. I didn't look at it and said, man, I'm depressed. I just see myself slipping away, thinking, man, you know, I got, I worked this hard, and we got two years in. And second thing, Nesby, is, um, did you see somebody go through this? And then when, when you came out, did you feel that you got all the years you wanted? And then afterwards, were you happy, um, you know, when you got out? That's about you, Nazian. That's what you said, Nazian. I'm not going to necessarily say I was happy when I got out, but I got all the years that I wanted, James. Uh, you know, I was I was always thinking about the secret and just thinking, you know, I guess you can call it outside the box. You know, my whole deal, James, is that, uh, you know, I made a vow to myself because every year I hadn't been, you know, set or released, and that second week of February came around and I just started working out, that would let me know I was done. Well, after my 14th season, second week of February rolled around and, uh, Hey, I was done. Had a retirement party. Uh, you know, the Seahawks called me back late July, first part of August. And, you know, when you're old like me, it's more like a player coach. So if you have anything left, then, you know, they're not going to have you come to training camp and check your dude. You know, you know what I'm saying? But I knew that when that second week of February came around and I didn't do anything, you know, what was it for me? And I was happy because my kids, you know, they were getting into sports. I could coach them and, you know, 
go be more of a father, you know, because I grew up without a dad, so I wanted to be a better father for my kids. So, uh, you know, the timing was just right for me, and, and so few of us get a chance to play as long as I did and, and then even make that choice, you know, just to walk away. Natalie? Yeah, I was thinking when you were talking, I was thinking you you seem to be very fortunate to have the long career that you did. And I was thinking in my mind, what is the average time for uh, for an athlete? It's about three to four years. Am I correct on that? Uh, it's uh, generally between 3.5 and 3.8 years. Right, yeah. And, and, and when you think about it, as, as James mentioned, when you worked your entire life for this, <clears throat> to make it to the NFL, and, you, you know, your, your career is ended prematurely due to an injury or, or maybe you just can't compete as you used to, one of the things that I find is that athletes' identity is wrapped up in the sport that they play. And so when you... Yeah. When you remove that sport from that individual, from that athlete, there's a struggle to find out who they really are because all many, many years they've been playing this sport, they've been treated a certain way, their, their body is conditioned to do this at this time of the year, that kind of thing, and now you don't have that. Now, now you're at home. Hopefully you've saved some of the money and, and you can do some other things. But even with that, it's not really surprising that some of the athletes do suffer from some issues because a big part of their life has been taken away. And in your case, you, you left the game on your own terms. And I think it sounds like you are very much at peace with that decision. Or others where they, they felt like, you know, they could go longer and they didn't get picked up or they just can't play because of an injury that's harder to reconcile for people, and that's when other things happen. You began to to abuse alcohol, to deal with, to cope with those feelings, or you began to abuse drugs, or you just have this feeling of hopelessness, and, and the suicidal ideation comes about. And those are those things that, again, where I have to go back to putting folks in place I mean, we see this play out all the time, all every year, every season. We see it with rookies, and we also see it with retiring players, the struggles that they have. There, there are many, many stories about that. And in the back end, in the middle, and in the end, we need to put things in place, put folks in place that are qualified to help these athletes deal with some of these issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, my, my, I, I would say that, you know, one of the things that uh, resonated with me in Natalie's statement is that, you know, you know, expectations, you know. Uh, I, I think that uh, one of the big issues that a lot of players have, have is that they do believe that And to me, I was had a perspective or a mindset that, you know, I am blessed to be able to play a sport. And if all these, you know, folks, you know, you know, treat me the way they do, and I would play this sport for free, literally. But, you know, a lot of times when they leave the game, they still expect to be treated the same way. 
you know, to, to walk in, you know, to a club and get the VIP and all, you know, all the bells and whistles, you know. Uh, and, and that's such a rude awakening to a lot of guys if they buy into that whole idea that, you know, uh, I'm expressive as I play in the National Football League. would agree with that you know it, it's it's just kind of a thing of almost overnight your life changes yeah. well one minute you you're you're walking into the club and everybody knows your name and they they want a piece of you and they want to take pictures with you and they want your autograph and they love you and the moment you leave the game you're no longer that commodity right you, you're no longer right. that big thing. It's the new thing out now, and, and, and that's no longer you. And to deal with that, some people do not deal with that very well, and, and it's not really surprising. I mean, the excitement and the glitz and the glamour and the fame and the money and all that comes with that can be very wonderful, and it's not, it's not some gradual thing in some cases. Sometimes it's, it's literally you're in the league, and then the next day you're not. And how do you deal with that? The next season, I should say, you're not. And so how do you deal with that? And I think these leagues and these organizations have to do a better job in preparing these athletes for life after sports. You know what? We got to take a little break. I want to comment on that, Nellie, because you hit a good point. But this is James Loving, and I'm a guest, Nellie and Nesby. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. 
James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host, and we're back with the show, my guest, Nellie and Nesby. Well, guys, we ain't got that much time left, but I'd like to get a question to each one of you, and then uh, and Nellie, how you get out your information so people get a hold of you and all like that, you know. But uh, my question to each one of you, um, you know, to you, Nesby, is that, um, you know, we look at this and um, we go and we talk dinner again, but life after football, what Nellie said, can you talk about a little bit of that, like, I mean, I know when I got hurt, well, I, I wouldn't even go around the guy because it was on the Eagles because I felt, man, it happened now. I'm nobody. They're going to feel I'm nobody come hurt. Do you agree with that, Nancy? Uh, come again now. Say that again. Repeat that. Yeah, you know, once your life in and like overnight, now you feel like you don't know. Nobody ain't going to know you. The autographs so and people are going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you know, I, I think... Uh, uh, the, the toughest part about being a uh, professional athlete is being a retired athlete because, I mean, that locker room and that atmosphere on the field is, is, is so unique. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, literally, I think, you know, guys may not may that want to admit it, but I think they miss that, if not more just as much as the money, if not more. Uh, it's, it's just that uniqueness that comes about from being in that locker room, James. Uh, and so when you feel cheated like that, you know, uh, you just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I i was blessed. I had a long career. So, uh, yeah, so, I'm, but but I, I know guys that, you know, have had certain, certain careers and, Guys that you know through no fault of them the, of their own, other than the competition was too stiff. They still, you know, feel terrible. You know, somehow I could have did more. I could have, you know. And, and the reality is, no, you couldn't. You know, the other guy was better. So that's 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 the true reality of the world that we compete in, because the National Football League truly is, you know. Uh, Represent the best football players, you know, in the world. So, and uh, you have to be able to be on your game all the time, and you know, and have high expectations of yourself all the time. And a lot of guys just they don't have high expectations of them from themselves. They are overwhelmed with the whole idea of even playing the National Football League. And a lot of it has to do with just keeping things in perspective. James, I would think about things I did as a Little League football player sometimes. You know, uh, I, I never got caught up in the whole idea that I'm playing the National Football League. You know, I've, I've always said it's about, you know, one perspective, you know. And my perspective is that I was going to go out here and play this game as hard as I could. The same game I played when I was 12 years old and I played as hard as I could and I was successful. And literally, I could block out the crowd. I didn't care about them. I was playing football. I was playing a game that I loved, James, and I wasn't worried about what people were thinking. You have guys that get in that football league, they get out just from Bible with everything else other than preparing themselves for the game. And 
you know, but that, that lifestyle is intoxicating. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not. And so all of a sudden when it's gone, you know, it's like, what happened? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you, man. All right, my question to you is, what advice would you give us out there, an uh, athlete to retire? And as, the, as you get done, Nelly, um, tell the listeners out there what you're doing, how to get a hold of you. Is that a question for me or for... For you, for you, Nelly. Repeat that for me. Uh, what what advice you give out there for retired players or athletes in general? And then when you're done, give the information how to get a hold of you and all what you do, please. Well, I think the the biggest advice that I I could give for retired athletes is to really identify what they're feeling. And if there's something going on, if there's a feeling of sadness or depression or anger, one, to understand that that is very natural and it's, it's understandable and you're not the only one feeling that way. So, so that's the first thing is to kind of, understand that you're not alone in that and that if you're feeling that way, let someone know. Consult a doctor. Talk to a clinical uh, therapist about it and you'll find that, that there, there is help in, in, in what you're feeling and you can begin to deal with some of this. And, and in the work that I do, going back to what, what your guest was saying, a lot of athletes really miss the camaraderie. They miss being one of the guys. And there's a sense of, of loss and mourning of that. Like, like you were saying, it's, it's not always just about the money. It's the belonging to a group, a unique fraternity. And, and when you're not a part of that, oftentimes that will trigger maladaptive behaviors to deal with, with that circumstance. But I'm located in Chicago. Uh, my office is 155 North Wacker. And you can reach me on my website at www.socialworkandsports.com. You can email me at info at socialworkandsports.com. Thank you, guys. It's been great having you on and speak about this. This is wonderful, guys. Thank you so much. I had a great time as usual, James. This was great. Great to meet you too, Natalie. Nice to meet you as well. All right. Another great spot. I'd like to thank all the listeners out there. And uh, like you say, um, when you get a hold of Natalie, just get information and go to the uh, website. Let's do the show again. Oh, yeah. So when when I come out to Chicago, we'll go hang out. Okay. Absolutely. Go to a steakhouse. Right. There you go. Work for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right guys. Take That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.